0: Auntie, the podcast about the work lives of Asian Americans beyond the conventional doctor, lawyer, and engineer. I'm your host Jennifer Duan Faults, and this is a mini episode where I share tips, tricks, rants, hacks about freelancing and creative business ownership from an Asian American perspective. And today, I want to talk about branding I guess is maybe the broadest way to describe it but specifically um the idea of a skip list and I was inspired to think about this and now talk about it um by a post by Regina um she's a woman of color that I follow she's big in the business entrepreneurship space and um and she posted a couple weeks ago about the idea of a skip list and a skip list is things that And, you know, for people who have personal brands, this is really important, but it's a skip list is the things that you will not say or do as a business um, that have to do with the way that you present yourself. And so um, her skip list includes things like using the word paralyzed, um, you know in the context of paralyzed by fear or paralyzed by indecision um they she will not use you know the idea the or the phrase you know don't be a slave to your nine to five which for a black woman makes a lot of sense um you know not don't be don't be chained to your desk that kind of thing so she doesn't use those phrases and so that got me started of thinking like well what's on my skip list and some of this some of this is kind of from my outside of work life. These are also things that I have been trying to be conscious of using around my child. Um, So I try to stay away from using the word guys to mean a generic non-gender specific group of people um, because it's gendered. It's unnecessarily gendered and it also assumes that male is the default which biologically speaking is not true everybody starts out as female unless there is the presence of the sry gene which leads to differentiation in the male direction um so anyway fun fact um instead of guys it's easy to use um y'all if you're from the south or if you're like me and have co-opted it from the south uh people everyone you all—it's—it's um, it's easy. T- it's if you think if you think about it, it is easy to find substitutes for all of these things. Um, I try really hard not to use the words "crazy" or "insane." Um, those seem to get really overused a lot. Um, same with bipolar. Like you can find other ways to say these things. You could say, "I'm feeling very volatile today. My mood is very unpredictable." You don't have to say. I feel, you know, this mental disorder that you don't actually have. Um, Same with obsessive. Um, That's a very popular one. Like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with this, that, or the other. Um, I love someone with actual obsessive compulsive disorder. And let me tell you, Becky you are not obsessed with your pumpkin spice latte trust me you don't want to be um so that one is very personal for me um but again you know just thinking about people who actually live with these things and then ha- and then turning what turning their lived reality into a marketing slogan is just not not the thing to do um same with addicted um living in the sort of rural-ish smaller town midwest you know addiction is a real thing I mean addiction is a real thing everywhere but um, again it's taking somebody's often painful reality and making light of it it's not really something that I want to do Um, stand up for take a stand step up I mean we're hearing a lot of that language right now with various activist movements um, and that those phrases are ableist. They are assuming that everybody can stand and that being able to stand is better than not being able to stand. Um, I don't use, I don't use tribe. I don't use vibe. I don't, um, because that's cultural appropriation in many ways. And, you know, I also, and the point of this list is not primarily about not offending people. That's a nice side effect. Um, But for me, the point of being careful with my language is to prompt me to be careful about my thoughts. Because what I say reflects what I think, what I believe. And being conscious of that force, being conscious of what I say forces me to be conscious of what I think. And It's, it's not, it's, you know, yeah, no, I, yes, I don't want to accidentally hurt someone with my words for sure. But even more than that, I don't want to have sloppy thinking where I take somebody's experience and just use it, you know, and you know call me a snowflake or whatever but that's really important to me um, is to be thoughtful and not grab somebody else's life and use it as marketing or you know just as like a throwaway thing and as somebody you know as somebody from a non-dominant culture at least here in the U.S. you know I'm, I have experienced what it's like to have something that is a main part of my identity be commercialized and commodified and made into a joke. Um, and it sucks. And if you've never experienced that, well, aren't you lucky? Um, but try to imagine what it is like to have that happen to you. And that's, you know, and that's one of the reasons why I, you know, it's a challenge for me um, with with the anti-brand, it's a that I have developed for myself. It is a challenge to not turn myself into a caricature, um, and I struggled with that. And I and I have I have a group of friends who are also Asian American that they kind of provide my gut check on that. Um, if you are from a if you are from a non-dominant identity, you know, it's it's your right. To express that identity, however you want, um, it just sucks that sometimes we have to think about how that's going to be perceived by white people. That's just how it is, um, and so there will, you know, there will be, you know, I don't do, I don't do accents. <laughs> I don't do, I don't do the Asian, I don't do Asian accents um, in my marketing, even though. Even though when I'm face to face with somebody who is also Asian American, you know, that's okay, because I have a relationship with that person. Um, But I feel like putting that out, putting that out in public marketing, for people who don't know me well, and for and for poop and for people whose whose stories I don't know, and I'm not aware of, I, you know, I I choose not to lean into that even though it's fun to do with friends and people who you know who are in my community um I mean that's just my personal choice some people really lean into you know more stereotypical elements of their identities and that's okay that's their choice um but that's their choice. But definitely, don't lean into an identity that's not yours. <laughs> you know, if you if if that if that is your identity, you can do what you want with it. But if it's not your identity, don't do it. Um, and again, the point of this is not to scold everyone for using language. You know, I'm not perfect. I I I use these words in my everyday speech sometimes. Um, And I'm just, and I just try to be aware of it and try to do it less and less and less. Um, And I know it can seem kind of like an arms race of, okay, well, what am I allowed to say? Um, But, you know, the better way to phrase that question is, who are you allowed to dehumanize with your words? And the answer is no one. So, you know, I... I don't know, this may be an unpopular, (laughs) this may be an unpopular opinion, but again, it's not about, it's not about being perfect, it's just trying to be more aware of what you say because what you say reflects what you think and what you believe about people with mental health disorders, people who are disabled, people who are from different racial and ethnic communities that you're grabbing something from their culture to use in your marketing like so just think about it I guess (laughs) um yeah that's, that's all I got today so next week I think we will hear from oh boy I don't know who's next in the schedule you'll just have to tune in all right bye